God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. They're new every day. God, I pray that every listener that gets the opportunity to hear this, to hear my voice, that they hear you, that they hear your love, they hear your compassion. They even learn even more about your compassion and your love, your patience, your your sincere desire to want us to be in a relationship with you. You want us, God. It's not so much that you need us, but you want us to be in a relationship with you, to get to know who you are for ourselves and not just from others' testimonies, which is good, not just from a pastor, which is good, not from our parents, our grandparents, aunties. Those are all great. But God, you want us to individually come to you and talk to you, commune with you, just get into your presence and to get to really know who you are. And God, I pray that people really do discover joy in worship. There's so much joy in worship. There's an emotionalism that unfortunately can blind the real, true worship experience. But I just believe that according to your word, that a time is now here that we must worship you in spirit and in truth. So God, I pray that they listen to these words and I pray that they're encouraging. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hello, hello, once again, Latanya Price here, coming to you with Reviving the Spirit Rehabilitation for Battle-Worn Christians podcast. And so today, if you haven't noticed um, the episode title, Rediscovering Joy in Worship, that's what we're going to be looking at. We're going to be kind of just going over just um, the, the importance of finding that joy and enthusiasm in worship and experiencing God's presence. Um, I know there's different I hear different things, um, just from different friends, um, even what I get the time to read (laughs) on social media platforms and different things like that as in to really some people have kind of just lost that zeal because of maybe what they've experienced. Um, or of course we've kind of been in that whole, um, (laughs) online live stream, due to the pandemic, (laughs) you know, we've kind of gotten real comfortable. And so we're like, uh, do I really want to get back into like this big old crowded auditorium sanctuary rhythm again? (laughs) So, but I want to really focus even on that, but just also, um, you know, even for those that might not be, in that mindset, but may also just be in a mindset of, ah, they've lost that, that, that passion for the real worship. Like 
they tap it, they get a little tiptoe around it, they do just enough, and then they're like, ooh, that's, that's enough, I'm not going that much deeper. And so we want to ensure that, you know, no, go deeper because God likes us to go deeper. He wants us to really have a strong um, connection with him. We have to have our, our faith rooted according to his word. It got to be rooted in him, in his love. And so we want to make sure we have that. And so we're going to just explore some ways to really rekindle the joy in worship. Um, really the key things are through praise and prayer. And then of course, I always say this, we always going to use that Bible, hallelujah, as the reference. <laughs> so we're going to have some scriptures that we're just going to look at to help support some of that. So number one thing that I, that, you know, we want to make sure we understand is the significance and the importance of worship, um, in our Christian faith. Um, you know, we, we, we talk about worship, uh, as part of a service, right? We call it, you know, we, some of us get into, you know, the, you know, the, the whole church crowd or church people, <laughs> you didn't see me do air quotes, but yeah, I was doing air quotes. Um, as far as, you know, we talk about a worship, you know, worship service or worship experience. Um, but in essence, it really is important to have worship experiences in this Christian faith. It's one thing to definitely pray and, you know, you're kind of going about your day, you're kind of doing your hustle and bustle. I'm not saying, you know, don't talk to God while maybe you're driving in your car or you're just kind of walking through a grocery store or something like that. I, yeah, absolutely. Kind of, you know, you can keep things short and simple most times or sometimes, but there are times that we really should dedicate just to focus on him. Um, I get that, you know, there are a lot that may say, oh, you need to do one hour, two hours, three. I mean, some people will just try to be like, I get up early in the morning and I at least do one whole hour. Listen, whatever your routine is, just have one. That's, that's the bottom line. Have one, plan one. That way, even if it's two minutes or two hours, two days, two weeks, I don't know what, what kind of free time you have. All I know is it's just significant that you need to do it. Have some worship time with God and worship isn't complicated. It doesn't have to be overly complicated. It's not something that only the really prolific biblical scholars, theologians can experience. No. As long as you just have a sincere heart that you want to get to know God more intimately, you will encounter him. You just have to have that heart to want to encounter him. That's all you need. You don't need anything else. You might know a little bit of the Bible, but you don't have to know the whole Bible front to back every verse, where every verse is, what every word says, what the, how many numbers, how many words are in, how many books are in the Bible, how many words are in there. You don't have to know all that. Just to have a sincere heart, you just have to have the sincere heart that you want time with God, that you want to know God, that you want to love on him, just him, not love on yourself, not love on your spouse, not love on your kids, not love on your job, you know, love the job or whatever. Listen, which we don't want to get too into that kind of discussion because, of course, we don't want to ever put anything before God. So we just want to make sure we take that time because it is very significant for our Christian faith. 
And so we, and when we do this, I know I just mentioned how, you know, we have like, we skim, we might have to schedule it or whatever. Make sure that you have the joy to actually do it because there is joy in worship and it does make a difference. Like we can't get to a point where we feel like worship is really not necessary or worship is like, Oh, oh I guess let me go ahead and do this hour, do this two minutes and, no, we don't ever want to have a heart of dread. Like I just described, we want to make sure our hearts are really into it. Make sure our hearts are really being devoted to the time that we're going to take to focus on him. And guess what? That takes joy. Like we hear the scripture about how God loves a cheerful giver, right? It's the same essence when we come to worship. We have to worship in spirit and in truth. I'm not saying that you won't be bogged down. I'm not saying that you won't be tired. I'm not saying you won't be sleepy. I'm not even saying that you won't really not feel like it. But at some point, we have to grow to understand, especially in our faith, grow in our faith, that we must understand, oh, wait. I can't have this attitude and think I'm going to tap into a deeper level in my worship. I got to have joy. I have to have a pure, honest joy, despite the weight I'm carrying, despite the obstacles I'm going through, despite what it seems like, I still have to have a joy, a passion, a burning in my heart to worship. Because that's what makes the impact in our spiritual journey. That's what helps with the transformation, the renewing of our minds. We have to have a desire, a joy down on the inside to want to worship. We have to. It's, it's, it's one of those things that we really need to have. Psalm 100 verse 2, worship the, worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him. Singing with joy. That's New Living Translation. We have to be glad about it. I get that you're going to be tired. Believe me, I understand. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. <laughs> you know, like I, I get it. Serving ministry, you know, I get it. However, I cannot dismiss. I look forward to my time with God. I look forward to my, to my intimacy time with God. I look forward to it. I remember there was a time I, first of all, I remember when I first learned of my husband, he was a praise and worship leader. He was one of the first per people that ever really explained to me about worship and how worship is a lifestyle. And so from that point on, I've always wanted to ensure that at some point in my day that I took time to worship. It didn't happen automatically because I didn't necessarily understand worship and praise and kind of like the, I mean, I wasn't raised in church. So when I first started going to church more often and, and got saved when I was 14, it, it was one of those things, you know, you just kind of mimic what you see. That honestly, I'm a teenager, so I, I didn't know. I wasn't raised in church. I just knew 
what to kind of mimic and try to um, kind of catch on to, if you will. And so, but it wasn't until I got older and I got to my own mature self as far as an adult and started to experience his life more <laughs> um, that I realized that I had to tap into something for myself. I have to get it for myself. So it's me, oh Lord, that's standing in the need. So I couldn't keep mimicking everybody else. I had to finally tap it in for myself. Psalm 95 verses one and two. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing praise, psalms, psalms of praise to him. We know psalm is, psalms is, as we most, most of us recognize, and if, and, you know, when studying it, we know those, those are the songs. Those, those are songs and poems and different things that, that have come together. And majority, of course, the author, most of them, the author is David, but we know it is other authors in there um, that, that's penned those. But we definitely want to remember that sometimes it's just, a, it's, Worship can be just as simple as you singing. You might not be able to hold a note in a, what they used to say, in a bucket with a hole in it or something like that. <laughs> you might not be able to hold a note at all, but sing, sing whatever's on your heart. Just sing to God. Sometimes I find myself singing and it makes no sense. But it's, it's my song. It's, it's what's in my heart. And I believe it pleases him. And it begins our time. It allows us to have that intimacy time. Married people, many married people will tell you, the ones that's been married for a long time, <laughs> been married for a long time will tell you that when it comes to real intimacy it don't just start like in the bedroom at that hour or whatever you want to call it at night or afternoon day whenever y'all decide to be physically intimate but it but intimacy doesn't start with just the physical they will tell you it's think little things they do throughout throughout the day sometimes like it builds up the anticipation to when the physical really does take place. So little, little, little love notes or just little simple sayings or nowadays a simple text or a little picture, an emoji, a, a funny pic or, you know, cause you know, we have some people that just like to laugh, but that, but that's there. But some people, uh, uh, the laughter or making someone laugh is a love language. You know, for some people, they, they want to laugh for their day. You know what I mean? So, but what I'm getting at is, is that if we don't take the time to do even the smaller segments of acknowledging God throughout our day, we probably are going to feel like, oh, now it's time. <sighs> I guess let me get to trying to, Worship God and spend some time with him. Well, have you talked to him any, at any other point in the day yet? Have you even said hi to him? I mean, 
I know y'all, listen, I know some of y'all like, are you, are you serious? Yes, I'm dead serious. Have you even just taken the time to say, hey, how's it going, God? <laughs> like, I know it sounds simple, but I'm being serious. Like, just a simple acknowledgement when you first wake up can go a long way. Can be just as simple as God, Who? thank you for waking me up. <sighs> Glad that I'm able to see and move and <sighs> help me to get up, help me to start my day. Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, counsel me. I mean, these, listen, yeah, you just woke up. Um, you know, of course, you're not going to have a, a, a too chirpy of a voice or a tone. Yet, it still sets the pace for your day. Like we never want to get so inundated with our daily task that we don't at least acknowledge God throughout the day. And it doesn't have to be these long periods of time to acknowledge him, but they can be short snippets, two minutes here, five minutes here, that kind of thing. And then when we finally take the time to have that really deep session with him, it won't be this, ugh, this dreaded, but it'll be joy. You'll be excited. You'll be anticipating like, oh, it's time to spend some time with my God. Amen. So I'm going to, you know, and I kind of already touched on them a little bit, but some common challenges, you know, we face in just in maintaining that joy and enthusiasm is number, I believe, you know, the, the honest truth is life. You know, we live everybody, you know, when you hit adulthood, <laughs> I would say, but even nowadays, teenagers, you know, y'all got other, you know, teenagers and, you know, preteens and all that good stuff. We, everybody has busy schedules and different things on their mind. And so I think a lot of times the common challenges is just overcoming the, 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 the constant demands of life. And that's so easier said than done because as I stated, you know, like I'm a mom, I'm, I'm a wife and, and all these different things. And so there are times where, yeah, I got to focus on being a mom. I got to focus on just being a wife. I got to focus on whew, being, a, you know, I have a job, I have a full-time job, all that good stuff. So I have to focus. And yes, that will whew, totally cloud my focus or at least not allow me to truly focus on God. And so a lot of times, by the time we get through fulfilling all that we fulfilled throughout a day, we're zapped. <laughs> we're trained, you know, some, and, and, and for some of us, if not most of us, um, it takes a spiritual energy, not just a physical, <laughs> but it takes a spiritual, mental, and physical to just even sustain, to do those different things that we do throughout the day. And so it zaps us. I think that's some of the most common, that's one of the most common challenges, but also just facing the storms and the challenges of life will also zap us. If we just endured a tragic loss, a sudden loss, if we just endured um, some, you know, some, some very unexpected med medical diagnosis, any of that, you know, financial hardships, any of that will cause us to be like, 
okay, I need a minute. It'll, it'll zap a little, you know, it'll zap that enthusiasm real quick to want to worship. It'll zap it, you know? And I think when we, when we're faced, especially with that unexpected, you know, as we go through life, I think as adults, we, we strive <laughs> to learn how to find the, the harmony and the balance and everything else. Um, on this faith journey. But sometimes when that unexpected hits, that is when, you know, when you get the wind just knocked out of you, you like, you don't even have the breath to worship. You know what I mean? Like you, like you, you so out, you like, it hits you so hard in the gut that you like, you just trying to find breath to breathe. I re, I recall last, let me see, begin, yeah, beginning of this year. Um, no, last, late last year. Um, my mom got sick mid year around August or so. She got really sick and she, she went into the hospital. They were doing all kinds of tests. And, you know, at first we didn't think, um, it was cancer or anything, but finally the news did come back that it was cancer. Um, my father calls me and I can tell he's been crying to tell me the news. So in his own tears, he tells me, you know, your mama got cancer. Okay. Lung cancer and stomach cancer. I'm like, okay. And so it was a wait about probably about a week and a half because they wanted to see what stage she was. Of course, I'm praying and praying like, Lord, don't let it be stage four. Cause most people know stage four is that, you know, real critical, most of the time untreatable phase for especially being of advanced age. And so I'm just like, man, I'm hoping it's not four. Really, really hoping, just declaring. I'm like, man, it's not four. Let it be something so my mom can be treated and da 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 da. Having my prayer warriors help me. <laughs> Have my prayer warriors praying and everything. But I get the call. And it is stage four. And she and they're estimating about not too long from now that she'll she'll live. And she, and she lived pretty much six months from her uh diagnosis. And I remember at that time. I did, I understood how to worship. Cause mind you, I am a cancer survivor. I had cancer when I was 14. So anytime cancer comes across in my family, I'm always perplexed. Um, yet, even though it's not uncommon in my family, it's still, it'll still knock the wind out of me. And so being that, you know, and I'm the baby of the family, I'm the baby um, for my mom based upon my family makeup, if you will. And um, my sister, of course, she calls and she's crying. I'm trying to, trying to be as consoling as I could with her. So for me, I had the wind knocked out of me, but I had to quickly grasp, grasp some breath and some breathing room 
to encourage my sister and to just simply say, God, I need you. Like I, I didn't find myself really talking too much yet. Um, and to say if I was really in a worshipy mode, not really. I'm not saying that the joy and enthusiasm wasn't there, but they were definitely cloaked and buried. I'm not gonna lie about that. They will. They were. They were cloaked and buried. It was hard for me to even get the stamina and the breath to just move all of that aside and retain and regain the joy and enthusiasm to tap back into worship. I did get to it. I got to it. But that was another blow for me in my life. And then of course, when she passed and I got the news, I was driving in my car, dropping off my son at preschool. And my dad calls me after dropping my son off and I literally had to pull off to the side of the road, park inside of a parking lot. And I had to, I just had to cry. I just cried. I, the sad part was I had pink eye at the time. I had caught pink eye from, from my son. So I'm like, I'm calling my husband like, why am I crying with pink eye? This is probably not helping my pink eye. <laughs> but I remember just crying. And then I just remember God. There was a scripture he gave me. And although that scripture can mean another morning, form of mourning, but he reminded me that they that mourn shall be comforted. That was the one thing he reminded me. Um, because I, I, I don't know how to properly grieve. I'm, that was something else that I had to discover during this process. And so I had to, I'm learning how to grieve. Even now, even now I'm learning. Um, I am not, I am not a master at grieving people. Um, I'm still learning. And so, but that knocks the wind out of you. Like that knocks the wind out of you. But you have to find a way. I'm not saying don't take the time to catch your breath. Take that time to catch your breath. Just make sure that you catch it. Because the next breath you really want to try to make sure you do is a praise or a worship and prayer to God. Psalm 34 and 1. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. It's easier said than done, I know. But I promise you, if you make it a goal, if you make it something that you really want to achieve, where you're able to just, I'm not saying bounce back in a fake way. No, I'm talking about a real bounce back to where you like, no, Satan, I, I, you're not about to keep me down. Because we have to also recognize that the enemy wants us to stay down. He wants us to stay in our, in our sulking and, and sadness and, and anger and bitterness. He wants us to stay in all in that, in all the things that God doesn't want us to stay in. But if we take the time and learn how to bounce back, even if it's 
a scripture that we have that our favorite scripture or scripture you write um on a piece of paper and you stick it to your wall or your mirror or something I still do something I done that I started years ago and that was I write certain scriptures and I renew them every few probably every couple of years or so I'll write them down and I'll take some tape and I'll tape them boogers all around my home <laughs> and then of course I pray over my home and all that good stuff too but seriously I get scriptures and I write them down and they're all around me. I'm surrounded by his word. You got to find a way to bounce back. You got to make sure that praise is in your mouth all the time. It's easier said than done. But if you practice it and practice it and practice it, you'll get better. I'm not saying you reach perfection. I'm saying you'll get better. You will get better. I promise you'll get better. Isaiah 12 and three says with joy, with joy, you will drink deeply from the fountain of salvation. Deeply. But you have to have that joy, not just happiness. We always hear about, you know, how happiness is like more of the surface, <laughs> that surface, you know, whatever. That's just, you know, not really. Eh, happiness can kind of be controlled by material things. While joy is something down on the inside that you don't care whether or not you have the material stuff or not. It's joy. It's pure. And so when we have that joy, it will allow us to drink deeply whew, from the fountain of salvation. We'll be able to drink deeply from God and his promises. So just, I know I've already kind of touched on these, but just like practical, very practical steps to rekindle that joy in worship, right? Um, first of all, I kind of already mentioned how it really is, um, your heart. I'm, I'm, I'm going through a special, um, special, uh, I guess, um, program, but not necessarily, I don't want to call it a program. But a special series, there you go, special series at my church. And um, it's, and some of you that may listen to this may know about it, um, but it's the Freedom Series. And the Freedom Series, uh, the leader, the, the videos that I was looking at, he talks about it's the matters of the heart when it comes to having that freedom and, you know, living our lives according to the promises of God and everything else. But it's the matters of the heart that sometimes holds us back and keeps us bound by not being free. And so it's the same thing here. Restoring that joy, to have that joy in worship, we have to make sure we have a heartfelt praise and thanksgiving when my mom did pass and this is something that I'm learning in the grieving process is that I have to find the thanksgiving I have to find the reason for my praise even in her passing I don't ever want any of anybody or especially my family members to ever pass away from cancer. Because like I said, it's always, it's, it's literally always a little, I know the reason, 
uh, you know, I don't want nobody super spiritual to be like, you know, oh, you was, you, you was healed because God has a purpose for you. I, you know, great. Thank you. But literally still, I still have that question. Like, how come I survived? But most of my family members, every time they're hit with cancer, they don't survive. Like I always just, and I get it. I was young. I was 14. Of course I can take chemo, da, da, da. but there are plenty of 14 year olds that didn't, that don't make it. And I had didn't make it. Let me say that didn't make it. And they had the same cancer diagnosis. But anyway, but I still have those questions, but that's where I also can find because I never want Satan to have any room. But even in that question, because I don't ask it too often because I'm always reminded of the why. But in that question, I still find the praise and the thanksgiving. Because regardless if they're gone, I was still yet able to pray for them. I was still yet able to see them and they were able to see me and witness me to be healed. I was still able to have a praise that they able to live the life that they lived for the length of time that they were here. They might've went through struggles in life and all that um, struggles in life and hardships and everybody, everybody does, but I'm grateful. And I always find Thanksgiving and the fact that they yet lived for as long as they lived. I didn't have to grow up in the, in, 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 in the, in like for my mom anyway, in the sense that she died it when I was born. I didn't have to grow in, in a, in a family home without my mom. I was able to at least experience my mom up until I was 40. She was in my life until I was 40 and I'm grateful for that. So you have to find some type of heartfelt praise because there are a lot that don't get that opportunity and not necessarily always because their parent passed before they were 40. Sometimes that parent makes a decision not to even want to be bothered with their child, but my mama loved me. And I can praise God for that. So you have to make sure you have something heartfelt. Heartfelt. And you have to make sure that when you have that, it helps. It, it, it will help, I should say. It will help ignite the praise and the thanksgiving. And then focusing on the attributes of God. Listen, whew, there are so many things that people say who God is and ain't. <laughs> I try not to get too bothered by some of the things that I hear people think who God is. Um, because I just be like, man, I wish you wasn't so hurt. But I know it comes from a hurt. Sometimes it comes from a hurt or it comes from a place where people um, are just angry or they're just like, you know what? I don't want to have nothing to do with it because of what had happened to me. Or they're just like, you know, if, if there was really a God, why does this, this, and this happen? All of this stuff. But we have to focus on the real attributes of God. God is a just God. He's a jealous God. He's a loving God. He is a God of order. He is a God of truth. And we cannot forget that. So yes, there are some things that happens in life that are because there's some justice that had to be made or there were some things that a person had to endure so that they understand who's in control. 
And then there are things that just happens. Unfortunately, only God will give the final explanation when that person gets face to face with him. But we have to understand focusing on his attributes, understanding that he is all powerful, all knowing, loves us. Listen, loves us unconditionally. That alone for me does it. I don't know about nobody else. That alone right there does it for me. That makes me tap in every time. Understanding that he loves me uncon- unconditionally. Like, like, un- like un- unconditionally. Unconditionally. He loves me unconditionally. He made a way for me to live in eternity in heaven with him when this life is over. That's some love. There's not a wedding ring, a wedding ceremony, a car, a house, any amount of money that can compare to what I'm going to have in heaven. There's nothing in this world that's going to compare to what I'm going to get in heaven. Yes, I will love to get blessings down here on earth. Yes, I will enjoy them. I will appreciate them. Thank you, Lord, for all the blessings that I have and for the ones that are yet to come. Yet, I'm not gonna get so overwhelmingly involved in what's going what I get down here because this isn't it. I'm focusing on what's up there in heaven. I'm focusing on what's in heaven. And that is something that we should focus on, especially when it comes to worship. That ignites my joy right there. He loves me. He wants me. There are a lot of people that don't even want so many other people. I just said there are some moms that don't want their kids, but God wants you. You're not a mistake. You're not a burden. God wants you. Whoever's listening to this, God wants you. Don't ever think that just because somebody else on earth may not want you, that God doesn't want you. God wants you. He wants to, he wants to be in a relationship with you. He wants you. And this, and embracing that spirit of gratitude and surrender. That surrender is hard for some people. <laughs> because we don't, we love being in control. We love being in control. But we have to surrender that control. We have to. We have to surrender that control. And we have to be grateful. There are, I'm learning even now. I have to surrender. And I have to be glad about it. And when I really think about what I'm surrendering, like the real deep stuff. I mean, I am glad when I really think about it and I really tap into the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost really shows me the truth about letting go of that thing. And if I, and then if I don't let go of that thing, listen, I am grateful. Hallelujah. Thank you. God, glory to your name. God, I surrender. Because I know when I surrender, there's always an exchange. There's something else. There's something better. And, 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 
and I don't always have to be in control. I don't, I don't need that much control. When you got too much control and you're trying to control everything, that's when you have too much stress. And that's when you can get tripped up by Satan. The easiest way to get tripped up by Satan is allowing everything and you trying to control everything and you get stressed out. And all of a sudden here comes Satan. And it's so much harder to sometimes to decipher God and Satan, their voices, if you will, when we're stressed out, we get tripped up, surrender, surrender, let it go. And then just embrace that surrenderance, embrace a spirit of gratitude. Be grateful. Be grateful. Psalm 42, 11 says, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my savior and my God. You got to keep, you got to keep that praise and thanksgiving and recognizing who he is and that surrenderance and that heart of gratitude. Huh? You got to keep that on repeat, repeat, repeat. Every day, every moment that you can. Philippians 4, 4 through 7 says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Let me touch on this when it comes to prayer. Um, this is something that, of course, you know, reading scripture and all that good stuff um, helps to enhance your worship experience. But prayer can really, really deepen the worship experience and amplify the joy. Um being in a, well, you know, being in a church, church service, right? We often have, we oftentimes have prayer and praise and worship and things of that sort. Well, that helps to just amplify the actual joy to worship. And so we, and, and, and just to highlight this, but there's different forms of prayer for those that know and don't know, there are different forms of prayer when it comes to worship, you know? Uh, we, we may commonly hear these things um, as intercessory prayer, personal prayer, all those different things. But just to highlight a few, um, just, just to literally highlight a few, we have, um, you know, that adoration, which is that prayer that involves just praising and worshiping God for his greatness, the, his holiness, um, just him being, you know, his majesty, you know, as you're saying, Lord, your majesty and all of that, your adoration prayers just really express love and reverence for God. So you, so that to me, is a good place always to kind of just start. I remember being on the, uh, on the prayer ministry with my previous, uh, with my previous church, um, and starting to learn with my new church now here in Austin, there's an adoration level. I remember going through, um, just some, just some basic, uh, prayer, uh, a workshop. And they talked about just starting off with sometimes, sometimes just started with adoration. Sometimes we all want to, we always want to just jump in <laughs> to the request, right? The, you know, asking for what we need or what we want, but no, start off with adoration. 
Just praising and worshiping God for who he is, his holiness, his greatness, his power. How, how big he is and how small our problem is. Recognizing that he does have so much power and adoring him for that. Respecting him for that. Reverencing him for that. So having that adoration time of prayer is good. Confession, I mean, this is a common one. Um, confessing is, you know, we, we, you know, you know, they acknowledge we, we're acknowledging our sins and we're asking for forgiveness, right? And so we're seeking God's mercy. And so that's usually the confession. Um, I know some people I've heard from different sides, if you will. I don't know why, but I personally believe we still have to confess. <laughs> some people don't. I, I, I'm not sure why. But I mean, I don't understand the logic, honestly, um, because I, I mean, I know people will just always say, well, you know, Jesus died on the cross and he died for all sins. So why are we, why are we still confessing our sins? Da, 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 da. It's not necessarily about that. I feel like confession is more just for us, you know, like, yeah, he know we sin. He know we fall short every day. Yet when we acknowledge the shortcoming. I believe it allows us, number one, to embrace the, the, the belief that God can forgive us. Because some of us, when we don't acknowledge our sins, we end up wallowing in the guilt of the sin versus actually going to God asking for forgiveness. And then our brains, when our minds and our hearts will finally say, oh, wait, I can be forgiven for this. I don't have to feel guilty for this. So I feel like that's the process. But then also just understanding that that does help with worship acknowledging who he is and his capabilities and his powers and his attributes <laughs> loving us unconditionally right so he forgives us the word says he's going to forgive if you know when we confess he's able to forgive he's faithful to to do that thanksgiving Prayers of thanksgiving, just expressing our gratitude, right? For his blessings, no matter how big or small. Just being thankful. Some of, sometimes, whew, we miss that. Like, I always tell my son, he's, he's about to be four, you know, we try to get him to say thank you as, as much as he can. And he does. He, he actually does really good for a three-year-old. Um, for Yeah, for a three-and-a-half-year-old. Um, but... We try to let him understand, hey, no matter how big or small, express gratitude. If someone simply helps you pick up your toy, say thank you. If someone simply hands you your juice box, say thank you. <laughs> you know, so we just want to find those things where we could be thankful for. You know, we, we want to do that, you know, because that just helps us gives gives us even a more positive perspective about our lives. Can you imagine not at least finding one thing to just say thank you for throughout your day? Like we probably would really have some warped minds and hearts. Like just, just find something to be thankful for. Um, and the supplication, here we go. Making our request known. Okay. Yes. Those prayers are definitely valid. Okay. Um, we need to ask. We need to ask for help. We need to ask for guidance. We need healing. <laughs> and we might do this not just on behalf of ourselves, but also of others. 
you know, we might, you know, our supplication, yeah, we'll come to God for that, but it might be something for somebody else too. So we don't always just want to be like, Oh God, I need the healing. And we don't even acknowledge, we don't, we don't do no time for adoration. We don't thank him. <laughs> we just bypass everything. We like, Lord, I need you. And don't get it twisted. Sometimes we will do that, especially when urgent matters. But I've, I've been striving. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be honest. I be striving to make sure I'm like, Ooh, alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. <laughs> <laughs> the great I am. I try to start off with some level of adoration, even in those urgent matters, because I never want to bypass and I never want the enemy to think that I'm just going to God in this urgent matter because it's routine. No, I want him to understand he's going to be the only one that's going to help me. And so I have to acknowledge who he is and how big he is and how strong he is in order for me to come out of this. And so that leads into, like I was saying, the um, intercessory prayer. Um, of course, this is when you definitely are going on behalf of someone. Um, we often hear about an intercessory prayer ministry or something like that when a church, different things like that. So intercessory, you're interceding on behalf of someone um, for assistance or a blessing that they're really seeking God for, um, something to that effect. And so that supplication, we that kind of can roll into that. Um and then some other prayers, um, that are sometimes found, um, well, this one isn't necessarily found in, in different, um, religion background, religious backgrounds, if you will. Contemplative prayer, um, is something that, um, I feel that can be practiced a little more, even in my life, just being honest, because it's more about involving more of a quiet and reflective meditation, um, which I think sometimes also really taps into that worship because yeah, you're acknowledging who God is and everything else in the worship and you're adoring him and you're appreciating him and you're loving on God, loving, 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 loving on God. But yet you're looking for him to even respond to you. Like I anticipate God's touch in worship. When I have worship time with God, I never want to leave it without his touch. And I'm not talking about a touch where I'm always boo-hooing or always got to feel like I'm about to be slain in the spirit or <laughs> anything like that. But literally just a touch. I'm just looking for a touch from him. And I believe that usually in, I guess, what's called contemplative, I never even really, I've heard of it being said this way, but there's another prayer that I know about <laughs> that actually is coming up just here in a second where you are more quiet and reflective and you're just allowing God to touch you, to speak to you, to, to encourage you. And he will do that. If you believe God will definitely speak to you, he will, he'll speak to you. He will speak. But we have to take that time to be quiet <laughs> and wait it out wait it out. Um, and so, and other forms are like centering prayer, prayer through scripture. Some of these are like where you focus on one, um, uh, one word or a passage of scripture and you really meditate on it and you pray through it and different things like that. So those are even different forms of prayer too, which are very essential as well. 
Um, they kind of just, and sometimes you even, you're even doing those to really seek God on growth. You know, you're actually like, man, God, I really want to have some personal growth. And, and so that's the purpose sometimes when people do those things, like they're really centered on something and they really want to draw closer to God and they want to grow, um, in God. And so you have that. So Colossians four and two, um, says devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. And then first Thessalonians five, 16 through 18 says, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So we have that. Um, and that pretty much, that's a, that's a really important way of enhancing worship, prayer, prayer, <laughs> prayer is one of those things that really enhances your worship and helps to ignite that. Okay. So key takeaways, listen, um, we want to make sure that, you know, I, I pray that I always say this too, you know, um, find a community that is going to kind of just help you through everything and just make sure that you're, you're staying focused and that you really are, um, finding that joy in your worship, not a reluctant heart. <laughs> like I said, sure. You might be tired. You get weary, you get heavy, but Hey, there is joy in worship. I promise you there is anticipate, anticipate time with him, anticipate him responding to you, anticipate him touching you, anticipating him loving you unconditionally. I think that sometimes we, we try to overcomplicate the worship process because we think worship has more to do with a set agenda because of how church functions sometimes. Like we go to a church, we know it's going to be the praise and worship team, choir, uh, pray, you know, then prayer from the pulpit or, <laughs> or whatever, whatever your formalities are, you know, like you're going to have that. And then you have the sermon and then you go home or you have, you know, people coming up for prayer, you go, you know, whatever, but we don't ever want to look at that and think I can't do that at home. <laughs> no. Worship has more. And I say that because that's what I really thought when I was like 14, 15 and 16. That's what I thought worship was. But no, worship is your lifestyle. It's how you are literally building your relationship with God. Being transparent, being in spirit and in truth. And you can have a joyful heart. If you've lost that joy, I pray that this helped to spark a fire to rekindle that joy for you. I really do. Remember prayer. Remember your word. Read your word. Meditate on that word. Remember that, yes, life is going to can sometimes knock the wind out of you. But you can catch your breath. Take a deep breath. Catch your breath. And say, God, I thank you. God, you still worthy of praise, honor, and glory. My heart might be hurting. I might be grieving. I might be going through a job loss. I might be going through whatever the case may be for you. But God is still worthy. 
Amen. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for every listener that gets the opportunity to listen to this. God, I pray that like with every episode that even in the coming episodes and this one as well, that people are just encouraged to know that even though they might be battle worn, you can offer some kind of rehabilitation, restoration. God, I pray now that someone recognizes that you want them. You want to be with them. You want to be in a relationship with them. You want them to get to know you on deeper levels like never before. God, I pray that that person know that they're worthy, not because of what they've done, but just because you love them. Because see, you loved us first. It wasn't that we loved you. You loved us. You created us. You are our Abba Father. You created us. And you love us. It goes deeper than just the earthly love of a father. It goes deeper than that. Yeah, our parents or whoever raised us loves us unconditionally. Yet, God, you love us even the more unconditionally. So God, I pray that someone will tap into this and just rediscover that joy in worship and just worship you with a passion and a love that is greater than they'd had before. I just want people, even if it's just one, to just really have a deeper relationship with you. And even just one to discover who you really are. God, I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next time, stay tuned for the next episode. Otherwise, God bless.